0: You're listening to A Real Piece of Work. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say it that way. You're listening to A Real Piece of Work, a
1: jobs podcast for aspiring professionals, brought to you by WVIK, Quad Cities NPR, and Junior Achievement of the Heartland. Now here's your hosts, Matt and Joy. Enjoy.
2: Joy, how are you doing today?
1: I am fabulous, Matt. I can't complain. It's February and it's sunny out, so that's always a good thing. How about you?
2: You know, I'm pretty good space, you know, and this the, today is especially, <laughs> I, especially good because, you know, I'm reconnecting with somebody I've known literally for decades. Uh, I get the pleasure of hosting some folks from time to time that I've got history with. And this brother, literally brother of mine, uh, he and I used to maybe run around on the soccer pitch together years ago, so it's uh, pretty neat to be able to welcome to the program. So. Welcome to the program, Dave Robbins, page designer at The Washington Post. Welcome to a real piece of work, my man.
0: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
2: Dave, again, this is really neat to have a chance to talk to you, follow you pretty much uh, most of the time through social media and seeing some of the things you do out there. For our listeners, again, you know this at this point, we're talking primarily to high school kids, maybe slightly younger. What exactly does it mean to be a page designer for The Washington Post?
0: That's a good question. Um, more or less, I'm a, a page designer, a, a layout person. So, uh, for me, I do different sections. Um, it's that's a little bit unusual at the Post. Most people are zeroed in on sports or a section or business. I do a little bit of all of them, um, and usually, the Washington Post splits their shifts into early and late. So. An early shift might be one o'clock to eight, um, 12 to nine, somewhere in there. And then a late shift, especially for sports will be like five o'clock to one in the morning. Um, and you're with an early and late shift, I'm really passing the baton. So I, I need everything set up. Um, so I'm putting the photos on arranging how it looks on the page headlines and then. Hopefully I've done a good enough job where I can hand it off to the next person to finish it off and then obviously I'd go home or finish the show. Okay.
1: So a typical day then, you're saying just do the hours vary or is it the same hours every single day or does it depend on what event comes up?
0: It varies a lot. Um, so the, the post, I, I don't just do design. So I'll do um, anything from doing illustrations for a podcast doing illustrations for the business section online, I might even create an online package and have nothing to do with print whatsoever. Um, My, I just sports and the A section are sort of my foundational shifts and I'll do those, I'd say three of the five days I work, but the other two days, my shift will say something like, um, they call it a daily flex shift or. Sometimes it'll just say project, which means everyone has a project at the post. So I've got like, I can't even tell you how many, um, that just, sometimes it's a project someone tells me about, and I know that it won't be done for two months. So I'm not really hurried about that, but then there might be another project where they want to turn around like that day. And so those project shifts, you know, they treat you like an adult. So you, you fill your own space with those project shifts. And they know everyone has them, so you know it's not everyone knows there's something to do.
2: So, Dave, is there is there a typical week though? Is, I mean, are you working potentially any day of the week, any shift of those days within that week?
0: Um, no, that's the one thing that's that stays the same. So, for me, I have uh, Sundays and Mondays off, and I think because I'm a new employee, that's you know I the premium spots would probably be people wanting Fridays and Saturdays, but um, I kind of knew going in that, you know, I'll, I'll take whatever. In, in fact, sometimes I prefer the late shifts. I know I know a lot of people don't, but because they have families, but I'm a single guy in the middle of D.C. I'm up late at night all the time anyways. Um, I, I like I like the pace of, of stuff at night, like news, you're you know, there's the cliche of putting the news to that, but like you kind of are where a lot of the turmoil has been done already and you come in for this late shift and you're just sort of kind of fine tuning, um, cleaning things up and maybe everyone kind of laughs now because I'm that guy that's, I, I was working on the Pele shift um, at night. I was working when um, the uh, the guy from the capitals had gotten uh, the, I think it's the second most goals in NHL strength in a career. I just happened to be working both those nights. So that actually required a lot of tarot. So a cover's almost completed. I come in for the late shift and then something like that happens. And it's like, you just have to figure out how to react to it. But I like that, but that's, I think that's probably what I'm good at even more than I'm good at the organizing and the quickness of it, of a newsroom. Probably more than even like my design skills. Hmm. Other other
2: guys can design better than me. I think. Well, that it's interesting to hear about just a, a job that I would consider maybe not a little less traditional in terms of nine to five. But you know, we're talking to high school students here primarily, and almost every interview we want to make sure we incorporate our students into the mix. And so uh, I think the timing of getting this question um, teed up for you from Chaz Nomura. He's a current junior at our alma mater, Bettendorf High School. I think it's kind of appropriate that we tee this up for you right now and see see what your response is to this.
1: Hey David, it's Chaz Nomura from Bettendorf High School. I'm a junior at the school and I recently started a podcast at Bettendorf and titled Unleashed, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on Anchor, you can find it on our school website, The Growl. And I have a career-related question for you as well. So I'm wondering, how did you really get started with with journalism and podcasting in general? Because I know I started finding my passion through a TV show I was very fond of. I want to know where you found your footing in it. What made you so passionate about journalism and pursuing a career in that type of field? I hope this question suits you well, and have a good rest of your day. That's a
0: good question. Um, it's actually kind of a funny story how I got into journalism. Um, I got in through my mother, and I put in a resume at the Quad City Times uh, a long time ago. It seems like ages ago. Um, and I didn't hear a thing back from them and I didn't have any experience. I wasn't, I mean, I was disappointed, but you know, I wasn't up in arms about it. I understood, you know, I didn't have any experience. Um, so I talked about this with my family and stuff and I just by chance, um, I think, you know, luck plays into a lot of how you get jobs. Um, my mom saw the publisher at Jumer's castle lodge which I'm not sure exists anymore. <laughs> it might. Um,
1: it doesn't. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> oops.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: she saw him at Jumer's Castle Lodge. And I think he was um, I think he was at like a fraternity gathering. Like he went to the University of North Carolina or something and it just happened to be meeting him. And my mom was friends with a guy who also went to North Carolina by coincidence. And she was there. And someone said, hey, that's the publisher of the Quad City Times. And my dad told me this story, so I wasn't there, but, and he said that my mom said, I'm going to go over there and talk to him. If you know my mother, (laughs) it's not surprising. (laughs) And she apparently walked over and said, look, my son sent you guys a resume. It's okay if you don't want to hire him, but you guys didn't even respond. Like, can you at least respond to him? And then he said, send your son in to talk to me tomorrow. And. I just, you know, dressed up, suit and tie, went in to talk to, I still remember his name, Mr. Pittman, really nice guy. Um, I think he just wanted to see, you know, how serious I was, I think. You know, the fact that I got dressed up, did it, took the time, seemed professional. Um, and then he didn't. they didn't give me a job right away because I don't really have any skills in it, but they gave me uh, opportunities like I did... It seems funny to even think about it now, but I did um, haunted house reviews because um, that's the time I got quote unquote hired. And then what I'll say, I did weather stories. And the interesting thing about weather stories at newspapers, a lot of times is a lot of them don't want to do it, but it is a story that oftentimes lands on the cover. So as a young guy, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm on the cover of this newspaper of my story. And it's like 10 inches on how sunny it is outside. (laughs) And you start to realize that like everyone else really doesn't want to do that one. So that's (laughs) why you have that job, but it makes you feel pretty good that you could see your name, you know, when you go to the bin or where if if your folks get a subscription and it's on the, on the porch and, you know, grabbing your name. So on there, um, but that's, that's more or less how I got into the business as far as like, my passion for it, I I think like a lot of things, I didn't know I had a passion for it at first. I know, um, I learned, I learned, you know, like when I was in the job, I realized that, you know, journalism has a lot of functions. Um, you can inform people of things, you can entertain people, which is sometimes undervalued because we think of news is so serious. But for me, even at a young age, it was the fact that they, the newspaper can give voice to people who are voiceless. And like, mm. that appeals to me. Um, it's always appealed to me. And, but I think maybe on a more basic level, the thing that I had passion with for that applied to a paper is I love to write. Um, I love to read, I love to write. And I was never a person who lacked for ideas. Um, maybe, you know, forming the ideas and paring them down like an editor would, but I never lacked ideas. And then I think, um, I think the other part that drives your passion is when you see the people around you who are experienced and good at that job. And then you realize like how hard they work, you know, how ethical they are. And it kind of pushes you to be as good. And, you know, that's, it's, and as far as I don't do any podcasting, but um, I listen to a lot of good podcasts and. For me, the best ones are the ones that understand their audience, um, the ones that tell me things I don't know, the ones that have a viewpoint and something that they feel passionate about. Um, that's, a, that's what I gravitate to. Anyway.
1: So for some of these students who are listening in, and honestly for myself at 42 trying to decide what I want to be when I grow up, right? Um, someone, who loves, someone who loves writing, someone who <laughs> wants to write about the sun and the weather and, and finds that, what kind of skills are they going to need? What kind of education might they want to seek out to um, to pursue something like that?
0: Mm-hmm. Man, I'm, you know, most of the time in the newsroom, I've been in a, a lot of different newsrooms. So, uh, The Des Moines Register, I've worked for, um, not in their newsroom, but I've worked for the Milwaukee uh, Journal Sentinel. Corpus Christi, Color Times, a lot of places, and I'm usually I'm a unique person in, in those groups because most of them went to a lot of them went to journalism school, or or maybe they went to school for design. So you can be someone who's heavy on the journalism side, but maybe not a lot of design skills, or someone who's got a lot of design skills but not so much on the you know on the journalism side. And when I got into it. I had kind of neither, (laughs) so so really it's through a lot of patience maybe from my colleagues and teaching me how to do stuff. Um, I always tell people more than even, you know, it it might sound kind of cheesy, a little cliche, but more than even a good resume or even the skills is uh, a lot of other undervalued traits like being kind to people, listening, being courteous. Um you know, it gets you it gets your foot in the door. Uh sometimes easier than a resume. Or, you know, this job that I got at the Washington Post was also just as much chance as the job I got originally at the Lots of Times. In that I happened to the, the post approached me, I really wasn't looking for a job. And they were looking on LinkedIn. And I never used to, I just had kind of a generic LinkedIn, like I didn't really fill the stuff out. Um, I guess I didn't take it that seriously. And a friend of mine uh, in April of last year contacted me who's, who's very serious about stuff and is a go-getter, I love him to death. And he's, uh, he works at NPR, uh, radio in San Antonio. And he said, man, you got to, what if people really want your skills? Like fix that LinkedIn resume and stuff. And so that early April, I made a real one. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do everything the way I would do it if I was looking for a job. And sure enough, that late April, the Washington Post sent me messages on there saying, would you like to work for us? And I actually didn't think it was real. So, uh, so I ignored them. For, for, it's true. So really I'm not difficult. supposed to
1: be ignoring all those? Is that what you're telling me? No. Right.
0: I, I ignored it because I thought it was, you know, I would get, I would get some spam from like, um, I, I lived in Tucson at the time, so I would get spam from like, you know, hey, come to work here for the university or, or the Arizona, and it wouldn't be real. And so this Washington Post thing came in a couple of times, and I thought, oh, I'll just ignore that. And then about a week later, I got an email from a friend that I used to work with. Who is really good friends with the guy who wanted to give me this job, and he says, "Why are you ignoring the Washington Post?" And I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And then, sure enough, it, you know, it hit me. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, those are real!" So I had to type back to the guy and say, "Well, now he's my boss's boss," and I had to say, oh, "You know, sorry for the late reply. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about this."
2: <laughs> <clears throat> so obviously it worked out, Dave, right? And so I, I guess the
0: the long and short end of it is that um, there are a lot of skills that you can take, but but sometimes it's luck. Um, opportunity.
2: Well, I'm kind of curious. How do you parlay that luck? And in terms of uh, you know somebody that's a journalist, uh, can I can? I, if I'm if I'm like really inspired to get into this career path, I want to know if I can at least make enough money to pay the bills. Can I make some money mm-hmm. doing what you're doing?
0: Yes. Um, there's all kinds of jobs, like you know, when when I worked for Gannett, which is who I worked for before this, it'll be you know the Des Moines Register or USA Today. Um, I really was geared into doing one thing, which is page design. And then when I came to the post, they hire people. I see an email, um, I see an email pop in every day with anywhere from one to like five new hires. And I, it kind of floors me really. Like I, I look at all of them because I'm wondering like, what are all these jobs? <laughs> you know, cause it's here. They have a lot of jobs that I didn't, we didn't have before at other papers. Um, Especially on the online side. So, uh, the student who was asking about um, podcasting, for example, the Washington Post does a ton of podcasts and they have their own um, TV, like they have their own TV stations essentially inside the building, a couple of areas that look like pro TV stations, radio, um, live television. Um, I mean, it's in a workout area, which I was surprised to run into one day, like on the bottom floor. Um, and you know, you can, it's, um, uh, it just depends, I guess, on every, you can make money, but it depends on like each job is very different in terms of what you get paid. So like a page designer or a copy desk person will get paid differently, obviously. Editors, my boss is what they call a design editor, and then above them is the design deputy, and then the design editor of the whole department. Um, way different salaries, um, and then, of course, obviously, you get up to like the publisher and stuff, but, but I mean, there's there's all kind of entry points, and I think, especially here at the Post, I can't necessarily speak for some of the other papers, but I know, I think everyone would be pretty comfortable with what they made.
1: So I'm curious in any job, there's the ups and the downs, right? The pieces that you love and don't love for you, I guess, two questions. One, what do you love most about the job and what is the most challenging aspect of, of your job?
0: Um, Boy, that's a really good question. Um, I think the thing that I love the most isn't really the thing that I do. Um, Like I'm more into the design aspect, but the thing that I love kind of goes back to what I was talking about before is I like I like to see when a newspaper um, or even part of it, like a podcast in the within the newspaper structure, um, when they highlight voices that feel like they aren't heard. Um, it can be really big or really small. It doesn't always have to be a giant story, um, like you know people assessing homelessness in DC. You know, a lot of homeless where they really don't have, you have to speak up for them. Um, that I love about, uh, about the job, about the profession. Um, the thing I, that I wouldn't like, I guess, um, currently, how would the amount, <laughs> I, I've kind of, like I said, I'm sort of unusual where I don't really have one thing I do. They, I don't know, for some reason, the post has given me, like I do... I've done illustrations, um, I, I do some designs for podcasting, I do a section, Sunday business, sports, late, early, everything. And it kind of can be a little overwhelming where I, I wouldn't say it's not bad. It's more just something that I have to get used to because in my previous job, I really concentrated on one task and like, you know, make this design good, finish it, make sure you get it out before deadline. When here I'm balancing like 10 things at once and you have to kind of prioritize and realize, you know, this is something you need to do right now. And then these other things can, you know, be on the back burner or, you know, figuring it out. And there's no one that really tells you that, like you just, they expect you to kind of find it.
2: So in that vein, you're talking about some things that you love and things that maybe you're challenging and for should be pretty nimble tomorrow. If you were given discretion to go hire someone entry level person to support you and work with you, what are you looking for? And in, in, you know, I'm going to call it a, you know, a junior page designer. What is Dave Robbins looking for in a potential employee? You
0: know, um, It's when you ask that, because I'm trying to get, um, the post to hire someone I know. And so I'm, I'm kind of helping guide them on that very question on how to present yourself. And I think he's going to be able to do it naturally without much help from me. But, um, the qualities I look at in him that I like, that I think everybody could use this, um, kind of a renaissance a renaissance person you know you you're you can do many different things you're amendable like if someone says hey do you want to like i often i probably have all these tasks that i get frustrated with a little bit because i say yes to everything (laughs) so like if they say can you do i'll be like before they finish yes like i don't even know if i can do it to be honest um i just will try it and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with coming to the conclusion that maybe I need help with something. So I think, you know, maybe one of the biggest traits again, bigger than a, a great resume is someone who knows that they're not always right about everything. Someone that knows someone that can work with a lot of other people. Um, and, and someone who, you know, is okay with trying new things. Um, you know, I in fact just the other day, I I was given a task of uh, this is my latest project is I'm supposed to be designing uh, three three illustrations for a story coming up on liver transplants, really serious, um, difficult kind of story where the first one is about um, more or less how the states divvy up transplants the second is more like a geographical related story and the the last one's more like race and like as an element and i finally came to the conclusion that i think it's beyond what skills that i can do um i'm a good illustrator but not that kind of thing and so the post you know i was kind of worried actually because i thought oh man i gotta tell these guys i don't think i can do this and when i finally told my boss's boss he's like I go. Well, I think we're going to have to contract an illustrator or something, and then he said, "Oh, great! This will be your first time doing this." Like you know, what I thought was kind of a negative turned out to be nothing at all. It's just you know part of the process, and I think you know you again you you know if you realize that you know it's it's okay for that kind of thing to happen, and you don't uh, a person who's I guess I look for someone who's all right that knowing. You know, even something like that is not a failure. It's just something you work through. You know, don't, you want to take your job seriously, but not so seriously that you're pulling out your hair over everything, you know? I mean, I almost did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You, you kind of have to recoup and, you know, you sit back and kind of view yourself and think, hey, this wasn't that big a deal. And, uh, the reaction from, you know, my
2: boss's boss was made it apparent that it got really Well, Dave, I, I like that answer. It looks like joy has got one more before I think we're going to do a final wrap-up question. But, Joy, you sure. want to jump?
1: Actually, my last question to him was just, is there anything we've left out from that you think would be really important um, bef- before Matt leads with our, our last question, something that we haven't asked that you really think these uh, kids need to hear about this job and if it's something that they're considering? Or about your, um, about your story and your um, journey?
0: Yes, actually. Um, I, you know, again, it's another thing that might sound somewhat cliche, but, you know, not to be too serious about it. But, like, I, I've i been talking about this with my friends and my two nephews, one um, who's about to go to the University of Arizona and one who's in his first year at the University of Arizona. And we've talked about these kinds of things all the time, like, you know, how to get the job you want or how long should you be in school, should you be in school, all these questions running around when you're younger. And my advice is always really simple. You do what you love. Um, And if you can't, you know, you work to get to do what you love. Like, um, I've, I've discovered even being here at the Washington Post that I might want, like, you know, you think of the Washington Post as maybe like all my friends say, oh, you work at the Washington post. It's your dream job. And I, you know, now that I've been here, I think, is it, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe there's something else past this. Um, and, you know, part of it for me lately has been photography. So, you know, maybe it's within the post, maybe it's not. Um, but I say, you know, my advice would be like dream big, um, you know, find connection with others. Cause that's how I got almost all my jobs really had less to do with my resume than it was that I was nice to a guy who spoke up for me and said, hire this guy or, um, you know, it matters. And then, and then not to be, you know, like I said, not to be too serious, but I will say when I, when I first got here to Washington DC, I, uh, you know, I was a little overwhelmed. I've never been further East than Ohio. So like I'm dropped in the middle. I live downtown, like, you know, blocks away from the white house it's noisy it's crazy um there's always protests and like you know it's a lot sensory wise to take in it's a new job it's pressure and when i felt kind of like oh man i'm feeling a little overwhelmed i just walked down to the lincoln memorial um, took in just stood and looked at it like it's the greatest thing in dc it's that it's It's a tourist thing, but it's still the greatest thing. And, you know, you just think of the difficulty of that. I, uh, you know, a hop, skip and a jump away from that is the Vietnam Veterans War Memorial. I just stand in front of the war memorial and I think, you know, no matter how rough or how overwhelming a day can be, like, you know, I'm standing in front of black granite that reminds me of things that were infinitely harder than anything I'll ever do. And so, you know, you get to, you get to a point where you, I guess my, I guess what I say is dream big, but also keep things in perspective. Like, you know, when, when I fail at something here at the post, and I certainly will fail bigger than this last little bit, you know, it's not, it's not the biggest deal in the world. You move on, you take on another task, take on another project, you know, lift yourself up with it. Um, but that's my thing though. So you got, you got one life to live. Do the thing you love, but at the same time, also, you know, keep things in perspective. Don't get too down
2: or too low. Well, Dave, uh, normally I ask a question. I'll throw it at you just so you know what it typically is. But I think you literally just encapsulated it with what you just stated. Uh, You know, if you were to look at 16-year-old David, what would you tell him to keep doing, Mm -hmm. stop doing, and start doing to increase their likelihood of of success after high school? Quite honestly, I think you kind of hit it with the answer you just gave, unless there's anything jumping out that you wanna make sure you wanna share with the students.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, something on that same note, something similar as I've, um, gosh, I always find myself saying not to be too serious, but <laughs> you you probably know this about me in my background. Like five years ago, I had a cancer diagnosis, which I'm better now. And I also had um, a situation with my mother which she's better now too, but, uh, I think it kind of taught me that some of these things are, they just matter less than we think they do. And that knowing people, um, having connections with people is vital. Like that's, that's the key to, key to life, key to your job, key to getting a good job, uh, all of that stuff. I, and. I say that not as a guy who like knows everything. I say that as a guy who just recently discovered it, you know, like I wasn't that guy before. I think I didn't think that much about that kind of stuff. And I, I use that to, to propel myself really. Like, like I said, when I'm at the job and I'm sitting here like panicking cause something's not going right. I then just kind of sit back and that's what I think about. It. And I think, okay, I got this, this isn't that difficult. I'd pass
2: that along. Well, David Robbins, you certainly are a real piece of work, and <laughs> we appreciate you being on the podcast today, and it's been great to reconnect with you, brother. You take Thank care you of yourself.
1: You too. It was fun. Thanks for your time, David.
0: You're very welcome.
1: So Matt, I just have to say that you bring some of the most interesting people to the table, to the plate. And with each one that we do, I get more excited or maybe it's more grateful because Mm -hmm. I didn't have this when I was younger. I didn't know about half of these jobs. And even talking um, today to David, I mean, I didn't know what this job looked like. And so it's exciting for me because not only selfishly do I get to learn about these jobs and careers as I'm trying to kind of still work through my career path, but that these kids are going to have the opportunity to do so as well. So thanks to you for staying connected. As everyone says, the connections are necessary and we're being being able to give that back to the kids. So that's just the first thing I guess I wanted to note on. But I do a lot of reflection of my own career and where I've been. And specifically in, in this instance, David was talking about it being okay to, I'm one to never say no to a whole lot. I have here lately, but I say yes to everything. And a lot of the times anymore it's no because of the, the fear of the failure piece, right. Of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting into something and what, like, I don't, I'm not going to want to have to ask for help because I need to know all the answers. I need to be able to move forward with it. So I, just, I thought for me, the takeaway, and I hope the kids get a little bit from that piece too. There's a lot more that I took away from it as well, but that was probably the the number one thing for me that I'm kind of sitting and reflecting on is when to say yes, when to say no. And really when you say yes and you get halfway through and you're like, oh crap, I really should have said no, why? And, and who can you ask for help and how to communicate that? Because that's really important to do and a skill that you have to have. Um, and just the other thing was the voice to the voiceless. You know, I hadn't mm. thought about that before in journalism in general. Yeah. That being a, a, a really important piece. So those would be my two two takeaways from, from this one. How about you?
2: Well, I think it's interesting. Dave's uh, of my vintage and you know, he and I have known each other for literally decades, but for him to make the statement that at his age, updating his LinkedIn profile was pretty important. And, you know, teaching an old dog's new tricks, so to speak. And he, he listened to it. And what do you know? It led him to a career and a job at the Washington Post that people would probably beg for. And so that was pretty cool for him to just say, you know what? I'm not too old to do that. And the other thing that's just kind of universal and something that's apparent, and I'm, I'm constantly re- reminding my kids. And for that matter, I got to, you know, make sure I look in the mirror and always make sure I'm being kind, courteous, trying to be a good listener. And, you know, every once in a while. Um, a little luck and maybe some chance will just surface some things that uh, put a smile on everyone's face. So those are the things I took away from it and just chance to reconnect with the old buddy was pretty great today. So looking forward to the next one I'm with you, Joy.
1: Loved it. Me too. Don't be so serious. <laughs> <laughs>